Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about environmental challenges? Um, yeah. Is this because Anadar is on a sinking door in the middle of an underground lake? Uh, pretty much. Yep. Pretty <laughs> much. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts who's enduring a slight bit of cold to record this episode. My name is Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And I'm not cold because my desk is right over the heat vent and it keeps turning on. (laughs) No endurance for me. Wait till summertime. I know. Then I have an endurance test because then I freeze. All righty. Hey, so um, you might have noticed over the last uh, couple of episodes, like we've been tinkering with the format of the show. Uh, and, and that's because we knew from the start that there were like we knew from the start there were only so many topics we could do um, if we strictly held to campaigns and one shots. So like then we like, you know, kind of loosened that a little and then we did like grab bag shows. And now we're doing like the AP, right? Like we're, uh, you know. We're tinkering, right? Tinkering. Yeah, tinkering is the right word. So we've been experimenting um, is basically what that comes down to. And we also talk to some of our patrons who hang out in the Slack room because they are people who tend to listen to everything. And what we learned from checking in with them and kind of from checking in around Twitter and hearing people's feedback is that you like hearing us kind of approach things as two different voices or two different perspectives, even if that's not one shots versus campaigns. Yeah, so that's so that's what we're going to keep trying out. Um, We're just going to keep doing topics, but we're going to pick two points of view uh, about each topic. So sometimes that might be, you know, one shots and campaigns. Uh, Sometimes that might be GM versus player. Designer versus GM or designer versus players, uh, mechanics versus setting. I got I don't know. I got a list of them. Um, yeah, yeah, we got a bunch. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna look at topics and keep that same two points of view. And with that, we're gonna jump right into tonight's topic and uh, find out our topic and what points of view were taken. Yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about environmental challenges in your games, and this topic actually comes from last week's actual play, so we're going to look at this one in terms of GM and player. So I'm going to talk about the player point of view because I get to play a little bit more than Phil does, and Phil is going to take the GM point of view because he gets to GM a little bit more than I do. So... Phil, go ahead and uh, let's set us up with a definition. Yeah, so environmental challenges are ones where the environment that the players are in is the uh, actual challenge or one of the challenges in the scene that's being played out. This can actually result in a couple different actions that players need to take during the course of a scene. Right, so you might be trying to overcome something environmental like If you need to get across a river that's moving really fast um, and, you know, it's just going to mess with you as you're trying to get across it. Right. Sometimes uh, you need to escape your environmental challenge, like uh, an avalanche bearing down on you, right? Like you need to run uh, and get Mm -hmm. shelter or get, you know, clear of the avalanche. Right. 
you might need to endure something, right? So that was that's when you're talking about like sub-zero temperatures, for example, as you're trying to get across the plains. Yeah, or, you know, sitting in the basement or, with right. your back S- to a cement wall S- while you're recording sitting, a podcast. Sitting in Phil's basement, yeah. yes. Which is why we have Darth Vecchione. Yep. And uh, the last one is survive. So that might be something like a hull breach on a starship, right? Like air is being sucked out. Things are being sucked out of the out of the room and you are, you know, run the risk of being sucked out the hole or just running out of oxygen. Right. So you're yeah. looking to survive that encounter. All right. So environmental challenges, much like any other challenge, can actually be combined in a scene, right? So this is a thing that, you know, Chris Nizak talks about a lot, which is like never have just one challenge going on in a scene, right? Like, so uh, you can do, you know, a combat with a puzzle, you can do a combat with a dramatic scene, that kind of thing. And the same holds true for environmental challenges. They are the type of challenge that can be added in with physical threats, puzzles, or dramatic scenes, things like that. And again, often they work really well when you actually can combine them. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, let's just do a few examples. Yeah, so, gee, I don't know. Anadara is on a sinking door as the ice has broken around her and she sees the glowing eyes of some kind of predatory fish moving towards her. So we've combined an environmental challenge of sinking into an icy, frigid lake with a physical threat of freaky predatory fish. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Here's another one. A uh, pair of lovers are marching across the frozen plains uh, and are trying to bolster each other's feelings by talking about their love for one another. So uh, that's enduring the uh, cold as well as having a dramatic scene yeah. during that. Yeah. Or so if we go back to the spaceship, right? So. The emergency force fields won't come down and your character has to find a way to stop the breach before they run out of air. Now you're combining both the the survival with the puzzle. Right? Yeah, which is, you know, a cool uh, you're running around trying to grab items to MacGyver the hole shut, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Cool. All right. Um, so from the GM side, uh, here's three points of advice about good environmental challenges. The first one is consequences. Like, dun, dun, dun. yep, good environmental challenges have meaningful consequences if they're failed. It can't just be that your progress is halted, right? Like, you can't be like, well, there's a mountain. Oh, failed to roll survival. We're stuck. Yeah. Right. There's nothing exciting about that. So have good consequences. So things like conditions that you could place on the characters, like your characters are now exhausted or freezing or whatever. Maybe they needed to get somewhere and now they've arrived late and something about the story has fundamentally changed because of the time they've arrived. Mm. Things like that. These kinds of things. Like think of good consequences. If you can't think of a good consequence, don't do an environmental challenge like yeah. and that holds true for almost every kind of skill check and encounter like if you can't make it interesting don't do it same thing here yep okay next uh next tip tip number two one time per session so in most cases and there are always exceptions so i say in most cases don't present the same environmental challenge over and over throughout the same session right so if you're in a desert don't have the characters roll for heat and water every time they move from one place to the next. Like, do it once to kind of stress the the deadliness of the environment. 
but like if they like you know like let's say they they trek across the desert to get to a cave and you do a couple rolls right but then they they're gonna go to like another cave that's like just a little bit away don't do it again yeah right like don't like just it's it's spammy like don't spam yeah okay lastly weather is not the only type of environment so when we say environmental challenges a lot of people jump right to environment but while it is the most common things like a crowded room is an environment spilled magical radiation from a broken artifact a fear effect of an ancient artifact like laying around like these are all environmental challenges so think of environmental challenges as those you know more than just rain snow fire whatever sandstorms exactly all right, cool. Send it. Tell me, uh, give me three tips as players about environmental challenges. Yeah. I mean, the first one is one of those things that, you know, we just tend to think about usually when we're building a character and especially if we're building a character in the kind of game where we expect to come across environmental challenges. So like Dungeon World, for example, which is be prepared. So have gear, have spells, etc. Like if you don't know exactly what's going to happen, then you want to kind of prepare broadly. If you have an idea that you know you're going to be traveling through a desert, then you prepare specifically for a desert, right? So that's just like nothing is worse than traveling to the lands of the icy sky, right? And then getting there and not having any cold weather gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you knew that you were going to the lands of the icy sky... Why didn't you bring that with you? Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there's this thing where characters get to like, you know, mid range and higher and like people stop playing with equipment as much. Like when you're yeah. low level, you know, you're, you're, you're all up on your equipment because you need like every narrative piece of leverage you can get. Yeah. But I think sometimes people get sloppy when they get to higher levels, like, and yeah. don't think like to kit out properly for, you know, for a certain terrain. Yeah. Agree. Um, the next one is, it's second in my list, but I actually think that it's probably the most important. And that is be creative. So when your gear isn't quite enough, or when you're dropped into a situation you did not expect and you don't have gear for that, whatever it is, being creative about what you do have and about creative ways to mix any powers or anything that you have along with what gear you do have that's really the key to um, managing most environmental challenges because they can just be, you know, you can't be prepared for everything, right? Even if you're Phil and you're never unprepared, there are still going to be environmental challenges. Sometimes then you end up with a cyborg arm. Like, there you go. That was an environmental challenge. Failed environment. You failed. You rolled a six minus on that one. Anyway, so the last thing on my list is know which kind of challenge you're facing. And that means like where we talked about the four types of things that you can kind of do with an environmental challenge. If you as a player understand which one you are currently in, like if you are trying to escape something versus trying to endure something, that makes a big difference about what kind of actions you're going to take and what kind of creativity you're applying. So like, you know, just pay attention and try and have a good idea of what type of environmental challenge you're actually in. Yeah. I mean, it really does make a difference if you are putting your energy, your skill checks and your resources into one action, like say escape when you're really supposed to just endure. 
Right. Right. You could get yourself in a lot of trouble. So um, yeah. make sure you know which one you're supposed to be doing. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's environmental challenges. And with that, we should probably get ready and address the environmental my, challenge yeah. that is my, ahead of us. My current challenge. You want to recap for us briefly? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am clinging to a wooden door, which is still floating for the moment. As the ice kind of broke away underneath me, and it's it's basically a giant, frigidly icy cold lake that I'm precariously floating on top of. And something with glowing eyes just swam by. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when we say that, like, you're currently on this on this door, the door itself is a wooden door and just, you know, bound by wood. Like, it wasn't even metal, you know, by like bound, like it's just, you know, slats yeah. with a, you know, cross slat kind of thing. But the door is old. This place has been under neglect for some time. So there's like lots of cracks and holes in the door. It was a great yeah. sled. It is a terrible raft. Um, yeah, it's the water is coming through. And the water <laughs> is cold, right? Like the water is icy and cold. And so where you are is you managed to get yourself like right in the middle of the room. So now there's ice. <laughs> there's ice around the rest of the room, but like your impact has turned like the middle of it into like a little lake. And it's not you're not 100% sure how stable the rest of the ice is in the room, but it is clearly like on top of the water as opposed to what you're slowly in now, which is sinking under the water. slowly sinking under. So, okay. so what do you do? I've been thinking about this for about a week. And actually, this is the really funny thing is I just came up with the idea I think I'm going to use like literally right now because I think it makes the most sense. So I have. I have my survival gear. Okay, so you have adventuring gear. My adventuring gear, that's what I wanted. Um, and although I lost some of it before, I still have some. So um, I'm going to, basically, I'm going to kind of balance myself up on my knees on the door to still try and keep it level. So I'm like trying to keep it from sinking <laughs> as much mm -hmm. as possible. Real quick, reach in my pack, grab um, a rope with a grappling hook on it. Yep. And I want to just swing it. And like throw it as hard as I can and lodge it into one of those shelves. Or there's another door at the other side of the room, right? There is a door on the opposite side of the room, which is what okay. you were intending to slide to. Right. So I think I want to actually just as hard as I can throw it directly at the door with the intention of sinking the grappling hook hooks into the wood of the door. Okay. So that I can then just pull myself on this door up out of the lake and across the ice. All right. So uh, we're definitely doing defy danger um, uh -huh. because this is a definitely defy danger like moment. Um, uh -huh. It's very, I'm, I'm very defiant. And I think this is a defy danger strength because uh, the way you described it, like you are, you are throwing this thing hard and you are pulling yourself along. So I think this is definitely a uh, defy danger strength. Okay. Oh my god, I finally ruled a thing. Uh, that is an 11. Well then. Da, um, da, da, da. <laughs> the yeah. streak has been broken. 
The streak has been broken. No more experience points for you. <laughs> Apparently not. By the way, how many experience points do you have? Yeah, so I think I have four. Okay. All right. So not enough yet to advance. No, because okay. I haven't. I stopped actually failing them and just started not ever truly succeeding. Well, you have truly succeeded in this case. Yes. Um, and um, you have, you do exactly as you said, right? So you throw the grappling hook and it sinks its teeth into the door. Uh, and with a little pulling, um, you pull yourself out of the water onto the ice and then across the remainder of the ice of the room. Uh, and your door is now, um, your, do- your door that you were on is now like up against the door of the room. Okay. Yeah. I was using it to spread my weight more evenly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you can see a couple more eyes like uh, drifting under the ice. Oof. Like they keep passing. (laughs) Okay. The door. The door. Yes. Yeah. This door has a metal lock on it and it looks to be, um, it, Unlike the door before it, which was kind of knocked out of the way when the room shifted, this door is very much solid and set into its door frame. So you are in front of this door, kind of, you know, a little wet, not soaking wet, but a little wet and sitting like on your your door raft on the ice. (laughs) Door sled. Your door sled. Now a sled sled again. Yes. Now a sled. And yep. you've and obviously have collected your you've collected your grappling hook and rope. Like that's awesome. back in your back. So I haven't wasted that. Okay. No, but it is now grappling hook and rope. So like yes, you can you so can write Yeah, you should note that. That that is specifically what it is. And and for players who've never played Dungeon World, while Senda takes that note real quick, in Dungeon World, uh, you have a thing called an adventuring pack, which has like a number of essentially charges uses and when you need a piece of equipment you declare it and then cross off a use from your pack now you have that item uh, and your pack is still full of like potential stuff that you may have packed Uh, it it kind of gets around the the it gets around the need for uh endlessly shopping yeah in in games and still allows you to be prepared yes be prepared. So it's basically it's it's Schrodinger's pack, right? So yeah, it's 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 potential gear. Yeah, until you need it, and then it's actual gear. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what are we doing <laughs> with this door? Oh gosh, this is very interesting. We are going to actually probably engage the actual mechanics of the legacy weapon for the first time. Ooh, okay. And so you may have to talk me through a little bit how this works. So, um, I basically, I pull up to this door, I put my rope away, and I'm balancing because I'm still trying to keep my weight spread out on my door sled, and looking at this lock. And there's like a a quiver from the rapier, right? Like a little wiggle, like a, hello. Like it didn't really wiggle, but like I felt something, Mm -hmm. right? And I pull it out and i remember just a flash of like uh, a, a sneaky woman um going down back streets and and like pulling out these tools and going into this door and i'm left sort of looking at the sor- the rapier for a moment and like willing it to let me do the thing and nothing happens <laughs> and then finally i I remember that flash of a moment of like tears hitting the pommel. 
right? Mm-hmm. And the eyes move again under the ice. And this is going to be really interesting because I don't think that Anadara is actually an emotionally expressive person. So <laughs> she is like sitting there on this door trying to think about ways to make herself cry. And she's like pinching herself. <laughs> like, but pain doesn't do it because whatever, she's a paladin. Like, she fights things all the time. And I think finally, it's frustration. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Now what do I do with it? Well, I don't think you actually finished your sentence, so it's frustration. It's frustration. So now it's frustration that she's she finally manages, she squeezes out a couple of just tears as these, like, creepy creatures are going by, and she can't get through this door. And Morden Kellen is on the other side of that door. So the possibility of failure right here over something so stupid as a lock. Yes. Um, is what finally causes the tears to come. So I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I will say that um, in the description that you have provided, I think that it is completely feasible that Anadara's um, frustrations, tears are you know enough to power the weapon. So when your tear lands uh, on the weapon, the raven's eye opens. Um, <laughs> and basically the tear goes like onto the raven's eye and it like blinks and then blinks shut. But uh, based on the, the way the weapon works, the move is called bargain for power. So when, uh, when you feed the weapon what it desires, you gain a hold, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you have one hold. Uh, you can only ever have one hold. You can't bank. Like, you can't bank a bunch of stuff. Uh, But if you want to now access one of the powers in the sword, you can roll plus respect. Right. And I believe this um, weapon respects Khan, isn't it? Yes. Okay. It is indeed true. Okay. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so that is an eight. Okay. Um, So your sacrifice appeases the weapon for the immediate future. For the rest of the scene, you may use any of the legacy moves. Okay. So you're okay. Like, you can use any of the legacy moves in the... Right uh, now. Yeah. Well, for the rest of the scene. Yep. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, then, I've got this memory of exactly, like, the muscle memory of exactly how that lock picking worked. And I'm going to try and pick this lock. So... We need to stop for one second. Uh-huh. The first time you use a move from a past wielder, oh. um, tell the GM a story in the form of a flashback about Ooh. a critical time that wielder used that move. Okay, so we get a shot of, um, it's a woman named Luca, and she is kind of slight with spiky, short brown hair, sort of street urchin-y looking. And it's her peeking out around the corner of an alley. And then there's the sound of, like, shouting behind her. And she darts out around the corner. And she jumps over to a door. And she reaches for the knob, fully expecting it to be unlocked. And the shouts are getting closer. And when she goes to turn the knob, it is not unlocked. 
and she starts cursing under her breath a lot. And she basically just starts working really fast on that lock. The shouts are getting closer and closer and closer. And right as they start to come around the corner, there's a click and she slips inside. The door closes behind her. Awesome. Okay. I love yeah. it. Good. Uh, mark an XP. You normally mm. won't get that. You wouldn't get this XP till the end of session, but because we're playing um, cereal, I, yeah. yeah, I don't want you to lose it. So mark an XP. Okay. Cool. And that actually happens anytime that you, uh, in subsequent times when you access that move, you may regale your GM with other flashbacks of facts <laughs> about the past wielder. I love regaling you with other flashbacks. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So Fantastic. cool. Fantastic. So now you have accessed a, now that you have appeased the weapon. Um, and have gained its power. What move are you using? Uh, I would like to use tricks of the trade. So, so when when you pick locks or disable traps, roll plus dex um, on a 10 plus, you do it on a 7 to 9. Um, the GM will give you two options between suspicion, danger, or cost. Yay. Awesome. I'm going to tell you that I have a minus 2 to my dexterity. <laughs> you have a minus 2? How do you have a minus 2? What do you mean, how do I have a minus 2? I don't think you get a minus two on a... I thought... Oh, no, I have a minus one. I'm sorry. Minus... Yeah. Okay. That makes Still, more sense. That's my minus. It's dexterity. Okay. Oh, my God. Are you marking another XP? Uh-huh. I rolled a four. Minus one is three. Yeah, that's a pretty low number. That is a... How many XP does it take to level up again? <laughs> Yeah, you have. You also have to camp out for the night to level up, but well, that's fine. you're getting close. Yeah, I have six, so... Oh, you're getting really close. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, this doesn't work. Fail miserably. Yeah. Okay. So you're working on the... Um, you're working on the door, right? Mm-hmm. And your hands are cold. You're cold. You're, you know, this is the first time you've felt... The blade, you know, impart any kind of, uh, you know, knowledge upon you, which is has its own kind of disoriented thing because you're kind of feeling that memory of being chased, yeah. right? So your heart's beating. Um, yep. As you do that and kind of lost in that memory, you all of a sudden feel a sharp pain around your ankle uh, and you are yanked off of your little uh, raft sled and pulled into the water and you submerge as something has your ankle and is pulling you down into the frozen water of, of this uh, that's under this room. And I think with that, we pause until next time. And to tell us about another show, tell us about a new show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so unbelievably excited to tell you about Bonus Experience. On Bonus Experience, Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity, while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. Which, I don't know, I can't believe Margaret doesn't edit that out. I think Margaret's taking a coffee break <laughs> also la croix is definitely a thing best i'm just saying uh-huh not bubbly 
Well, the bubbly's okay. Bubbly's okay. I'm also they talk about in, bubbly too. They I do. am now. Do, I am now into spindrift. I don't. I don't even know. I. Yeah. I, I'm into coffee. <laughs> and coffee naps. Coffee naps. All right. I like fizzy things. I'm just not allowed to drink them before the show anymore. You Good. are not. Anyway, say bonus experience. They're awesome. Please listen to them. <laughs> say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the misdirected Mark Google Plus community for a little bit longer. And if you prefer, you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, by all means, send us your topics. Uh, we talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, send us your topics, and if you want to, send us the topics and the point of and the two points you want us to attack it from, uh, and we'll do just that. Uh, or just send us the topic, and we'll come up with two points. We're really yeah. flexible on this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. What it really comes down to is we want to talk about the things that you want to hear. So feed us ideas, uh, and we will uh, dance like puppets for you. Um, nom 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 hey Senda, what's the other thing people can do with our social media information well you can send us your table selfies so if you were just at say pax you or like a number of other conventions although we're going into convention dead season send us a picture of you playing that awesome game with those awesome peeps hashtag it table selfie post it on the social media of your choice and we will swing by and like it because we love seeing what you guys are playing Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can back our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of cool stuff. Um, uh-huh. Let me just let me run down a few things. So access to the bonus outtakes from the show, the um, after show from the Misdirected Mark, access to our Slack Room for Life, all sorts of random goodies. Like throughout this year, the um, higher level patrons have received uh, Whirlwind Millionaire, uh, Hydro Hackers, the Ashcan Edition. Like we shower you with some goodies as we put them together. Oh, and the Hamburger LARP. The Hamburger um, LARP. Yeah. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah. Sometimes you even get the bonus outtakes from this show two weeks in a row. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes we just like them so much we keep giving them back to you. Um, The other thing we do is we like to do some shout outs. I'll do them really quick for tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shout out to um, Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Victor Wyatt, great friend of the great friend, period, and great friend of the show. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Um, And Austin Lemke. Who is actually Kevin Lovecraft's son? So yeah, thanks, Austin. Yeah, you had, <laughs> a, little a, you had family. a tight little list there going on today. Yeah, I see how um, that goes. Exactly. Uh, say, Senda, what's the other thing people can do that makes us so happy that we actually drop our bamboo and fall out of our chairs and roll around on the floor? You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review actually really does help people find the show because it moves things around in the rankings. It's like a giant mystery how things get ranked, but we know reviews really help. So thank you so much for leaving reviews. Indeed. Say, Senda, show me how you're going to create an environmental challenge in your Damn the Man game this week. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs.
All right. So I'm not going to wear my hood. That's what this is about. <laughs> right. We did. We, we should have really probably recorded that magnificent hood discussion. I know. It was very good. I know. But we didn't record it. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, sorry. You'll have to catch my emperor imitation later. <laughs> I don't, my hood is apparently too pointy to be in the Star Wars universe. So. You're, yeah, the, the, I don't, yes. I don't know where the, <laughs> it's really pointy. That's not really how a hoodie should work. <laughs> well, no, it's just that they did the, it's the cheapo style hood where there's just one seam up the middle back, right? Yeah, which makes like a point. You got like this Hogwarts it's, thing going on here. Like, it's when I put it over my head, it's got a big point. Yeah, you look like you're it. teaching shape shifting next semester. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Mine, mine right. is the rounded. Um, yeah, yours is very emperor. Yeah, mine yours is, is very right. palpatine. And it's and actually the thing is because this is a Scotty vest one, like the hood is huge. Like it Yeah, it is. it's actually designed to take a nap. Like like you you're like it does easily like cover my eyes completely. Yeah. So I have to be careful like when I get out of the car and stuff in the morning like if I'm wearing this to work, like you have to put right. the hood on but you got to like stop it. Like you got to be like, right. okay, you can't just flip it all the way on over your yeah, head you f- and then you're like, oh God, I can't see. Yeah, you flip it all the way over. You're like blinded by it. Um, <laughs> Bloop. You okay? <coughs> We're going to edit all this. Breathe air, not water. Yeah, there you go. <coughs> you are not amphibious. Ooh, pro tip. Bloop. You've told me about the coffee nap. Yes. Yes. Yeah, is... How was your coffee nap today? This was Again, like your third one, right? Super potent, right? Like, it, yeah. not that I'm not like a little tired right now, but like, I took a coffee nap at like eight o'clock, and um, like I'm only just starting to run down right now. Yeah, and that's and uh, it's like almost one. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. Like, I, I don't have good. I mean, it's I, good. No, but it's, it's bad. bad. I don't have good <laughs> sleep habits giving me a tool to um to circumvent my sleep habits bad bad. really kind of bad you you have to use that with caution with great power right comes great response great responsibility with the coffee nap comes the responsibility that you must still sleep at night this is terrible like in all the crazy kerfuffle of the last like of two years ago when my husband was moving out yes um, I'm sorry, did you say wasband? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the best word ever? Yeah, yeah. I never hadn't heard that before. I just I thought I told you about that. When when told me that the other day, like last week. Bloop. We should um we should do a show. We should definitely record a show. We should do a show and not do 30 minutes of outtakes. It's very late and we did many, many outtakes. Like, oh my God, you know what I forgot to do? You posted the wrong outtakes to the Patreon yeah, la- I did. last week because this will be. Oh, this will be in this week. And I need to put it on my list really quick to fix Go that do it. because put I promised on, everyone. Put it on your list. That I would do it tonight. Yep, yep. And then I totally forgot in the midst of the homework party. The like ongoing. I don't think crazy. your definition of party is the same as mine. Shh, we call it a homework party to make it sound like it's more fun than it is. Do you serve beverages and stuff at a homework party? 
Okay, okay. Well, we had hot chocolate with whipped cream on it and the caramel and chocolate chip cookies. Okay, so here's what I know. Okay. It's bribery. Right, but here's what here's what I know. <laughs> what do you know? So this is when you say that, people, you know, probably think like you went to the cabinet, took some Swiss miss, um, threw it in uh threw it in a cup, nuked it, and then like, you know, took out the ready whip and sprayed on some um you yeah, know, no. Spray it. So let's <laughs> let's be clear. Your let's back up. Your hot chocolate is um, your yeah. hot chocolate is uh, homemade, made from yes. cocoa and milk, and sugar, and a little bit of sugar, right? Yeah. Um, and then you actually just like break out heavy cream and um, and whip it into whipped cream. Yeah, I had with some a little bit of sugar, from, or whatever from yesterday. Yeah. yeah, doing the tree. I put in a little bit of sugar and a little bit of vanilla. Uh, yeah. So, so when, what I, my point is like, (laughs) that's like a really, like, that's a real treat. Like, yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good, like winter time, like here, child, if you just will do your homework, I will provide you with this like delicious dessert thing, like dip your crazy chocolate chip caramel cookie. Yeah. Like I I would, I would, I would, chocolate. I would do like, the encoded books for a hot chocolate, right? Like that's. Oh, noted. I mean, I kind of have to do them anyway, but. <laughs> well, right. You're stuck with them, but right. like. But that know. would be great motivation. Like. Right. <laughs> okay. We're now at 15 minutes of outtakes. Oh my God. Is, did really you put the card in Trello? Yes, I put the card in Trello. Okay. All right. Well, post correct. I was outtakes. I was literally just I was filling up some oh, time you were while just you were filling doing... time. Look, I won't even put it in my inbox. I'm going to put it at the top of tomorrow. There you go. All right. No, that no, doesn't you can't because you don't have your computer. Have you have to do have it the... tonight. Okay. So as soon as we're done with this, right? I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Good. Now we got to go do a show. Ready? <laughs> okay. All right. Ready? Meow. Okay. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Cue music. Nope, can't do that. We don't have enough time. No, I wasn't going to do the second verse, but you tried to cut it off in the middle of the first. Yep, not enough time. Okay, okay, we've already spent more time on it. Good, carrying on. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I am one of your hosts who is suffering from a slight bit of cold exposure. And what's your name again? Oh, yeah. Let's try that again. <laughs> you should do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, um, sometimes, like when you're foraging for food and uh, the restaurant that you are trying to go to is too busy and you're just like, you know what? It's okay. We can go to any other restaurant down the street. It's fine. <laughs> That's because you were really prepared. Because you had already read every menu of every restaurant down the street. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's very pleased with himself. Very pleased with uh, It was very, it was very funny because you thought for a moment I was being, so you were, you were confused about why I seemed so spontaneous. Bloop. Uh, we, was, all right, you know what we need to yeah, do? No, no. We need no, no, to tell me, the story. We need, yes. <laughs> we need to actually, but can I say one thing? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I was actually confused about. I was confused not that you said it, but how relaxed you were. That, that should it. have been a hint, right? Like, yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, tell the story." All right, Bloop. always <laughs> prepared. Anyway, yep. Anyway, so cool. yeah, you could be you. You can't. Not everyone can be Phil, and even Phil 
sometimes, sometimes can't be fail filmed. an environmental challenge. That's right. Bloop. That's trickier, right? Damn the man. Except it's going to be in like a store. Leaky so, roof. Leaky roof. Backed up toilet. Uh, yeah, could be like um, the last game of Damn the Man I played. I think that we actually ended up with a hole in the floor. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Show yeah. me what you got. Show, Show me what, me you, what got. you got. Show, Show me what you got. All right, 53. Not terrible. Got. Got. So 53 minutes, not terrible, not great. There'd be some outtakes in there. Yeah, there's some outtakes. And before I go to bed, I need to go fix the outtakes. You do indeed. So why don't we... outtakes. Why don't we say goodbye. Okay.